do 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number. Drum roll, everybody. 664. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Um, we are in two different locations, which is why the audio might be a little bit compromised, but I think it's sounding okay on our end. So hopefully it's sounding okay on your end. Um, sweetie, why don't you, uh, oh, and then you're a little under the weather. So yeah, I, so I lost my voice, wah, so wah. I can only, be, <laughs> I can only be at this active. Mm. Um, so I'm going to do my best, um, to, we really debated on doing the show or not. We just decided to do a, a, a show and make it, I'm not, I don't know how brief it'll be, but this is what I'll sound like. Um, and I'll do my best to be able to share uh, emotion and expression with my one octave. Sweetie, you're pulling what I call a Bradley Cooper from A Star is Born. Totally. It's, and like I'm saying, I'm really, and I, I actually read, Todd, that when you lose your voice, you shouldn't whisper. Like mm. you shouldn't like try and stay at the same octave. You should just rest it. So after we're done with this, I'm not going to talk the rest of the day. All right. Um, breaking so, some rules. Yeah. But I felt the need to do at least a short show because I just didn't want to um, not have at least a brief discussion about the last week. It's not surprising to me that I lost my voice um, a little was, metaphorical, you know, huh? Yeah. I mean, it, I was also sick, so it's, you know, it's connected, but I, I don't think I've lost my voice. When have I ever lost my voice, Todd? Uh, only when you got the flu a few years ago, I think. Yeah. Like five years ago. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to maybe just talk about a few things. I don't have enough like, um, energy or, or time between everything that's happened and now to have like all these really super deep things to say. Um, so some people wanted... may be hearing this like six months from now. So oh. why don't you say when we're recording this and what's going on in the world? Well, it's, I think today's June 26th, 27th, um, 27th. And, um, so last week, um, Roe v. Wade was overturned and there's just been a lot of, um, Supreme court rulings. That's the biggest one that's, um, but that have been, um, shifting, um, you know, things in our country and it's been difficult and it's been difficult for many, many years. I think that, um, even finding new ways to talk about these experiences that women deal with, um, is, is hard. I even, when Todd and I have these conversations, it's hard for me to express to him how, how much we feel this and how, you know, how scary it feels um, and how it is, makes us feel like, not just makes us feel, it literally gives us less rights. And I said, you know, one of the hardest things was like waking up or after the decision came down or whatever, and just noticing how majority of women were like, oh my gosh. And that a lot of businesses that maybe run by men or that, you know, more male centric things on social media, there was like no comment about it at all. You know, it's just interesting. And, and I say that because I know that, you know, women of color have been telling us this forever, you know, like 
all these things are happening yet you're just focusing on you and you know this eventually comes for you and now we're having that experience of losing our rights and um if we didn't already four or five years ago you know things have it's been a lot of things my big but is that you know i i'm gonna like kind of skip to the middle because i wrote down five things and that the outrage i i actually got this word I was reading something that Adam Grant wrote and Todd, I think you read it too about mm-hmm. how to have this conversation, yeah. you know, about abortion with people. And one of the things he said that I really stuck to is about outrage. It's not an irrational emotion. Um, it's a reasonable response to experiencing what we're experiencing, what we're experiencing. Um, that's the motivation to speak up and talk and try to have these conversations with people. The problem is, is that we have to talk in such a way where we know that we are not doing the binary of all these people are good, all these people are bad, but discussing things that people may not have known before. Mm -hmm. I have to take a drink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And as you're taking a drink and collecting yourself, um, yeah, Uh the, I want to find that part where Adam Grant says that outrage is not an irrational emotion. It's a reasonable response to watching one of your core values violated without religious indignation. There is no righteous. Sorry. What did I say? You said religious. Oh, without righteous indignation, there is no motivation to fight for freedom and fairness throughout history. Progress has been fueled by fury at the status quo, but that outrage has to be channeled into actions and interactions that open up, open people up rather than shutting them down. And I think this is the hardest part at this stage where we are. Cause I, I, I will struggle with that right now, which is why we're going to just do a brief show because I'm just still in a certain outrage. But I think I just have to share more of my experiences as a social worker and as a woman and the things I've seen and the things I've experienced. I thought I already had been doing a podcast for 10 years, but I don't think people have enough information about how this affects women Um, and examples of how women get hurt um, and examples of how we don't do any of this kind of micromanaging when it comes to men. It's beyond micromanaging. I'm just trying to find words right now and how we've got to find this place where we can have this discussion and allow people to have their perspectives, but also understand other people's perspective and find this nuanced place in between where we don't start oppressing even more people to make sure that we get our way. So I'm just going to keep that there because I'm going to, I don't have a lot of voice left. (laughs) Number one, the first thing I wrote down is this morning, I woke up kind of sad again. And um, I was listening, I was kind of looking at social media and I saw a woman playing violin And I listened to it for a long time and I had a good cry and it was a good bittersweet moment of like how beautiful a violin is. And I hadn't really listened to anything beautiful in three or four days. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think in these moments, what I look for from people is something beautiful to remind me that not everything beautiful is gone. What happens is that we get a dark cloud and we've had a lot of them. I think since 2015, 2016. And 
And we've also had some good things happen. Like not everything has been awful, you know, but there's been a lot of more confrontation of losing, um, you know, losing our foothold on making sure people have rights and that they have liberties and that they have access to things. And um, I just have to remember, like, you know, violin is just going to be my metaphor for instead of just doom scrolling all the time, play your favorite music. Listen to go watch some kids play. I've been sitting on the deck a lot. I've been doing some gardening. Um, Do beautiful things that will be here no matter what. Mm. And that's not, again, this podcast is not about here's all the answers. It's just about moment to moment steps. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, is there's a woman who is on team Zen with us and she really, she did something that might not sound like a big deal to people, but she is around my age and she did this like, um, hip hop dancing thing with her friends and, or in a class, I should say. And she got on a stage in front of a bunch of people where a lot of kids were performing but she in this class got on stage and did this dance and it was really good. Yeah. She crushed it. You crushed it. And I, my daughter and I were watching it today and it made me cry because I just remember that we can create our own joy. That sometimes the world tries to tell you what you can and cannot do and who you can and cannot be. And they will take, there's like a controlling aspect. We all know this. This is not new, <laughs> you know, and, and I just, dancing is just such a wonderful reminder. Again, just kind of like the violin that we get to, you can't take my joy from me. Mm. You know, if I want to dance in whatever way, dancing looks to me if it's literally dancing which I love to do singing which I can't do right now that's my voice um you know writing um being with flowers I'm growing sunflowers and I just love that um I'm looking for butterfly eggs right now or I should say caterpillar eggs and I'm you know I've been sick so I haven't been able to be as close to my family (laughs) as I want to be but I will be again soon in the next couple days And, um, you know, just remembering we can't like shove all of that aside and just focus on the things that are difficult. Yeah. Some, some balance without, um, bypassing. And I don't think you've been bypassing anything, but, uh, the doom scrolling is kind of like a really, um, good example of what we as human beings sometimes tend to do. We like seek out the negative, and as long as you're going to seek out the negative, we should also be seeking out the positive, right? It seems like yeah. that's kind of what you're going for. And I think with scrolling, most people aren't just trying to make themselves feel bad. They're looking for information. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the reason I go on social media, especially Twitter, is to gather the most recent information. It's risky, though, because sometimes you find things that make you more afraid or more concerned or just new stuff. So there's like a, that's why it's not, you're a bad person. If you look at social media or you're not disciplined, 
sometimes we have to go there to educate ourselves mm-hmm. or at least, you know, go to the New York Times or go Washington Post or Wall Street Journal or somewhere to find this information or else, you know, that's how I get information. I read. Some people like TV. I can't do that. Um, I can't even listen to podcasts. I have to take in information through written word or else it's too heavy for me. Um, So, you know, I just kind of feel like from that one, it's, you know, the whole just dancing and just butterflies and gardens and everything. Like we just have to hold our joy and, and, and not, you know, believe that, that, someone has the power to take that from us. We grief is a totally different thing. And I think that's what I'm going through, Todd, is I'm in a grieving process. Here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is okay. And I have no problem with that. And I have, but I also inside of grief sometimes is where you recognize these things that are so simple. Yeah. Well, I started when you told that story, it reminded me, we just watched um, Shawshank Redemption a few weeks mm-hmm. ago and when Andy Dufresne is in solitary confinement, he, after he gets out, he's telling his prison mates about how he had the music in in his cell. And the guy's like, "You they let you bring that music in there? He's like, no, it's in here, and it can't be touched. And it's a really powerful um, moment, and that's what kind of jogged my memory when you're telling your story. Um, a little bit about you know, how you said that, um, you know, I can speak from experience since last Friday, I've had, um, quite a few conversations with both men and women and my experiences and most women, this is top of mind, regardless of where they are on this issue and men, individuals, organizations, um, in my experience have, um, kind of gone on as business as usual. And for me, I just, as somebody who, Uh, tries his best to model healthy masculinity. I think that this um, needs to be more of a discussion amongst men. And I think a lot of guys, even on this podcast, I'm like, I want to give you, sweetie, the space to say your piece. And it'd be very easy for me to kind of step aside and just let you talk. But I don't think that that's right either. And, you know, my two cents on this experience since last Friday is that I'm hoping that men can be more involved, be more engaged in informing themselves of what it means, uh, what Roe v. Wade means, what and, and understand the potential risks of pregnancies. And I think we as men collectively um, spend a lot less time thinking about it. And my hope for the guys out there is that they can... Um, get more engaged in informing themselves. I personally have listened to a lot of podcasts over the last few days about uh, experiences of women. And I think that there's a lot of guys out there like me that are doing that. And there's a lot of guys that are like, well, this has nothing to do with me. So I'm going to move on. And you and I have both have heard from certain parents saying, um, well, I'm just glad I have sons. And that statement doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me as if, they're being let off the hook of engaging in discussion around this very important topic of Roe v. Wade, about pregnancy, about abortions. And my hope is, you know, this is a parenting podcast that parents 
can spend as much time, if not more, with their sons about this issue as they are their daughters. And I don't know if that'll ever happen, but that's, I feel like we need to move more in that direction. Yeah, it's hard for me to understand how that makes any sense when men can get women pregnant every single day of the year. Women can only get pregnant a couple days of the month. And yet we are the ones who not only have the, you know, have, have our rights taken, but then have our whole physical choices, not, you know, in that nine months, but then the rest of our lives as far as careers, education, finances. And while many will say, well, you know, that's what certain laws are on the books for, that if it's, you know, whoever is the father is supposed to do this or that. And I can tell you as a social worker, I work with a lot of women who do not receive child support, who mm -hmm. do not have the money to take people to court, who um, that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And when we're also talking about no exceptions for rape and incest, um, it gets pretty, um, it, it, I don't have words for it. So I have to just stop this conversation because I don't, know how to have a conversation about this without understanding, without people realizing how it's not even archaic, it's cruelty um, for everybody involved. Yeah. And um, it's so miss, it, it's such a, I wish people would go back and read the history of how all of this became so politicized, you know, and listen to previous, you know, Republican uh, presidents who had different viewpoints on this. Mm -hmm. um, this became something completely not what it was. Um, and the thing is that's so beautiful, nobody has to ever have an abortion. That's Nobody has to do that. But telling everybody else that that is not going to be okay anymore from the woman to the doctor to anybody, you know, to the family that I'm going to, you know, I would never do this. So your right is now gone too. That's where it gets messy. So I'm going to stop there. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'm going to say is that to my daughters and to myself and to the women who listen and to anybody, um, any all genders who are bothered by this it's an understatement of a word there's we're so in this together you are not alone um it was really beautiful to see all the pride events this weekend and see all these people come out with love i only could watch it from a distance you know but because i wasn't feeling well um but there's just so many people out there who have your back and um <coughs> And you're just, you know, this generation, these generations that are coming up, they're just so open-minded and compassionate toward so many different viewpoints and so many different opportunities. And I even think maybe some of Gen X is too. I, I don't really know. That's not what I'm seeing, unfortunately, a lot of times. But, um, and even, you know, it's, again, I don't even want to put this on generations because there's plenty, plenty of boomers out there picketing and, you know, mm -hmm. it was serious activism in the last couple of days. So it's not, I don't want to put that. No, but generally, spe generally speaking, the younger you are, I judge the more open, 
uh, people are at this moment in time. It's sure, and yeah. maybe it's always been like that, but it seems like it's even more so now. Well, I just find them to be very beautiful, and I love their fight and their their support of each other and their open mindedness to who people are, and and being and telling people what to do or who to be does not make them those things. Mm -hmm. So just for people who are like, let's create laws and make people stop being who they are and make people stop doing what they want to do. It doesn't change people. Mm -hmm. It gives you the law. Yeah. But that, I mean, you don't have to be a scientist, you know, or a therapist or a human behavior expert to understand that. Um, And so I just want everyone to know that, you know, I, I don't have a lot of words today. This is, this is about as much as my voice can do. <clears throat> but Todd, thank you for, you know, continuing this conversation with me. Cause I know that sometimes I can, Todd's the man in my life. You know, my dad is no longer here and he would be so, 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 so upset right now. So I'm glad he doesn't have to see this. Um, He'd be so mad. (laughs) Um, And Todd is such a good listener about all this. Um, But he sometimes gets the brunt of my frustration. Um, But I, it's just because I want to make sure there's an understanding. I kind of feel like that's our job in our own families is to speak up about how things affect us. Mm not to win just like I was we were talking about with Adam Grant before it's not about I'm right you're wrong I win you lose that's never been what Todd and I ever talk about it's about reflective and respectful discourse and if we don't say our stories if we don't share how we feel things stay the same because then we just go with status quo if we don't speak up for people who are hurting if we don't take care of people who are struggling then things stay the same. People say stupid things like, hey, I want peace on earth. What do you think that means? Mm -hmm. It means helping people become more peaceful. And how do you do that? You love them. You listen to them. You let them be who they are. You support them in being more of who they are. You allow them to make their choices. You allow them to, you support them in living their lives and what they need. And We know this from research. I know this from professional experience. We know this from every movie that's ever been made. We know this from every poem that's ever been written. I don't know why we have to keep having this conversation, Um, but we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and my plead is, obviously I work with men. Uh, My plead is to invite the men to collectively um, step into it, lean into it, become more active, become a, a voice and, um, quit going business as usual because it's not. And, um, I hope that, um, the guys out there that have a voice use it in a productive connecting way. Um, and yeah, for me, I, I've been just really, really sad, helpless, just like (laughs) A lot of other people, some some people have the opposite, of, have different emotions around it. But for me, I've been 
sad and feeling helpless and mad. And I don't know what to do with it. Um, but I'm, I'm still kind of doing my best to navigate through it. And um, I, I also want to just make sure that the women out there know that there are, are many men that are walking through this with you. In my judgment, not enough, but we are here. So I just want to say that and invite um, invite people to to do it with me. Thank you, and um, and just 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 in case you didn't know this already, I'm not going anywhere. Todd's not going anywhere. I am going to do this the rest of my life. I am going to speak up for myself, for women everywhere, for my daughters, for for every person. Who can't? And I am going to do it in a way that I know how, you know, like I, I know I can't do every aspect of what it means to speak up for people. But um, I encourage everybody, if you have a, a, a creative outlet, if you're an artist, draw things. If you are a writer, write about it. If you are a dancer, dance it up, man. If you are uh, in, interested in politics, go into it. I can't believe it. One of my children is interested in politics. I'm like, oh, my God, not necessarily in being a politician, but in, you know, policy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, there we go. Like, whatever you do, you make a difference. Your voice makes a difference. And and keep going. That's what we do. We keep going. We don't stop. We have moments. I I got literally the wind knocked out of me, lost my voice, but it'll come back. Mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Like, this is not like, you know, you know what, sweet. It's a little like, uh, let me bring up a pop culture reference. It's a little like, you know, anything we've watched, but Obi-Wan, you know, I was, you know, we can have different opinions about how well that show was done. What do you think, Todd? Did you like it? I liked it a lot. I, I thought the, so we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's yeah. on Disney plus. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Finale yeah, was I, a little underwhelming. I liked some of the other episodes more than the finale, but it was really good. It had some moments, Sure. but it's just like, I kind of sometimes feel like Obi-Wan in a hole with rocks over me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and sometimes I'm like, well, you just pull from the force again. What is the force? It's love. Mm-hmm. Just remember who you love. It's a little like Max in Stranger Things when she's about to get eaten by Vecna. And she remembers who she loves. Mm-hmm. And she plays her music and she gets the she hell gets, out of there. Yeah. And um, starts helping and protecting other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. You know, we just keep going. And so, and we're also, I'm going to, we're going to keep our humor and we're going to keep our pop culture. Like, I, I just... You know, and we'll be back on Friday for Team Zen, yeah. which I think will be a an important version of that. Um, so, if anybody's interested, just um, check us out on the website zenparentingradio.com. Friday uh, noon central, we can have a discussion and support each other live. Um, we yeah. actually just had somebody brand new. I want to say say hi to Kristen from Evanston who just joined us. So hopefully Kristen from Evanston is going to join us on Friday. So um, does that feel like a good place to close, sweetie? Yeah. Well, Todd, I love you. I love you, baby. And um, I love all of you listening. I really do because love to me is like I care about you and thinking about you and um, love my girls deeply and madly and my family. And um, 
and let's let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. Um, so hopefully we'll be back next Tuesday with a um, Kathy has more gas in her tank from a voice standpoint. Uh, but until then, maybe we'll see you at uh, the Zen Talk on Friday. If not, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.